It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornchain. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornchain. I'm the senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church right here in Colorado Springs. I'm so excited that you're tuning in again today. We are picking up on a brand new study. So if you have missed any of the series thus far, you can go to calvaryfountain.com, and there you can find all of the topical studies we have done from an exegetical perspective as we've gone through the radical teachings of Jesus, and we'll continue to explore those because they are radical after all since they go against everything of the sin nature in mankind. And so we'll constantly keep coming back to the Sermon on the Mount throughout these many weeks of study. And today where we're going with this is really to challenge all of us with 10 biblical warnings you need to stop ignoring. That's right, 10 biblical warnings you need to stop ignoring. And that's what we're going to draw from through this week and most likely into next as we examine God's holy word, these powerful instructions to Christians of holy living, things that we're just overlooking. We want to turn a blind eye and deaf ear to sin. And so we're going to address these very serious matters over this week and next. And believe me, this is going to be convicting. As we were putting this this together, it was convicting for us. (laughs) It's going to be convicting for you. And after all, we are studying the book of James at Calvary Fellowship right now. And that's probably one of the books of the Bible that is most known for being the spiritual two-by-four across the head of the wayward Christian to get us back on track like a commanding officer walking through our ranks and wanting to get our lives in order to say you need to address these matters. There are chinks in your armor. You've become like the church of Laodicea where you look like you're compromising, acting like the world and calling yourselves Christians. May it never be. Stop doing that. It is time to act like a Christian. Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. It is time for a standing stone in our homes that we declare allegiance to Jesus Christ and act like it. So today, we're getting into some really tough topics. And to help me do that, Dr. Steve Ford is back in the studio. Dr. Ford, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, John. This is such a great topic. So many of these things are either explicitly or implicitly condoned by our culture. And so Mm -hmm. I think these are definitely ways that we can uh, stand out from our culture. And sometimes we wonder in our walk with the Lord, why aren't we closer? Why aren't we feeling that intimacy that we so want with the Lord? Well, let's go ahead and talk about some of these. And I think (laughs) we may find out some ideas about some things that we might be able to do differently as we seek to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, let's jump right into the first one. We've got 10 after all. There's a lot more than that. But we broke it down to these. There were some wonderful suggestions uh, by other pastors, in fact, and these are some of the topics and issues they're going through. The first one seems like it should be cut and dry, but what we find is it's really not. We, we can find that we are compromising in this area. Number one, never be lazy. Never be lazy. And, and you might be thinking to yourself, well, I'm not a lazy person. Well, the issue here is that saving faith is always an active faith. We see that in James chapter 2, verses 14 to 26, that we are to be a people who are doers of the word, redeeming the time while there is still day that we are out there faithfully doing the work because we can process, receive, sit and soak and never actually bear any fruit. And so what we're really called here to is to understand that laziness has no place 
in the Christian life. In Romans chapter 12, verse 11, Paul instructs the church in Rome to do not allow their zeal to be without action. Zeal without action defames the glory of Christ and accomplishes nothing. So to this end, we must be mindful not to be lazy in our love for and service to Christ and all of the people in his church. After all, we're working for God and not for men. That's really what we're to draw from this. There's there's so often a perspective, Dr. Ford, I believe, that we we have this interesting idea that somehow we're just going to sit in the church, wait it all out, and be raptured out of here, and never be challenged with our faith, never being confronted with the rubber meeting the road. Like we actually have to dialogue with people about this thing we believe, and we've got the truth in us, and if we don't share it, if we don't live it, There are lives being lost every single day. People are going to hell, and we seem to be not bothered by that. We've got this wonderful little secret we're hanging on to. Well, I'm saved, and that's all that matters. And then I'll just go about my daily work and life and never be a change agent for his glory. And the Lord, I don't believe, will tolerate that very long. He he seems to have a his cup will only tolerate so much before it overflows and and, and he has to address these matters. It's like a a cup of his, his divine holy wrath. They can only take so much. We see that over nations. We see that over individuals. And we come under the divine discipline of God when we are just pretending or speaking a great deal and doing nothing. Uh, James has a lot to say about that, certainly. And Colossians 3, 23 to 24 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Powerful text. Powerful it text. It is really powerful. That's actually one of my favorite memory verses. I think it's great for us also as parents to pass on to our children and just realize who you're ultimately accountable. It's not your boss. Everything we do is unto the Lord. Everything that we do, arguably, all of our work should be an act of worship, right? That's right. Everything that we do. I think when we think about an inheritance too, Dr. Ford, and we've talked about it on this program before, sometimes, though, this might be the first time somebody's tuning in and we can really fail to understand just what is before us, that uh, we think, well, if I'm just good enough, behave so-so and, uh, you know, kind of walk a middle ground here, I'm not a bad person after all. And, you know, we, we just say we fool ourselves into this complacency and this apathy towards really what we're supposed to be doing. And, and, and then we're, we're comfortable in that no challenge zone. We're not being confronted with the reality that we are light, bearing light into the dark places. That's hard. Following Christ is not easy. Amen. It's a hard work. He gave his life for us. And therefore, we are to put our own lives back on that altar in service to him so we, we need to get out of that that paradigm that says that following Jesus Christ is an easy thing. It is yeah. a labor of love to the one who first loved us. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus said narrow is the way and difficult is the way, right? So we right. should anticipate that it's going to be challenging. And, and to that point, though, of the inheritance, I think it's important we keep our eyes on the prize. Right. That it's it's not just the heavenly glory that awaits to the faithful believer or the hearing the words, well done, good and faithful servant. And the crowns that he speaks of at least seven times that he wants to bestow upon us. But then we get the 12 blessings that are outlined in the first few chapters of Revelation that he wants to bestow upon the faithful overcomer. 
But then there's also an inheritance that awaits within the millennial kingdom of Jesus Christ, in which we see the true millennial temple that is established and Christ reigning over all the earth and, and the land delegated and the service that occurs there, which we come and worship Jesus during his millennial reign and kingdom. And there's so much throughout the Old Testament about this millennial kingdom, especially during throughout the book of Ezekiel, especially those latter chapters. And we need to go back and refresh our memory on those yeah. things. And then there's a new heaven that awaits after that, in which we see the new Jerusalem and the street of gold and all of this, the inheritance is without measure. It is without any possibility of putting a monetary value to it. And that is eternal. So whatever we are doing right now that finds us uh, lackadaisical in our walk with the Lord, we have got to keep a proper perspective of what lies before us. In that, that ought to drive us to a faithfulness like we have never seen come out of the believer. That is my hope for all of our listeners. Yeah, amen. And so really, when you think about the millennium, you think about uh, new heaven and new earth. I totally agree with everything that you said. And I think in addition, it's that our Father wants so much more for us in this life. Uh, you know, yeah. we, we get so caught up in the things of the world and loving the things of the world and lusting after things of the world and really and not focusing on him that we don't really grasp all of the wonderful things, the intimacy that he has for us, the freedom from the sin and the things that tear us down, bear us down and bind us up in this life. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so, yeah, as, as we're talking about now, the focus, of course, is never be lazy. Right. And so we might be thinking, well, how does that apply to me in the here and now? Well, it's not just being potentially lazy with the hope that's in us. We've got a a very big responsibility with that, to whom much is given, much is required. Uh, And we've got this hope that we sit on. And while our family just uh, wallows perhaps in chaos and conflict and quarrels and disarray and disorder, and we do nothing about it. We have the truth, and we are working through these things with a heavenly wisdom that should draw us to be more intentional, oriental, I mean, intentional to give this message. And so I think that what we find is that even in a practical application, Dr. Ford, is we are working whatever job it is, whatever circumstance we're in, whatever spheres that are around us, when we demonstrate that we work under a higher authority and an accountability to that higher authority, and we are mindful of how we speak, how we serve, we're the first to show up, we're maybe sometimes the last to leave, we have a good work ethic, good moral values that we apply, we're not disparaging to our coworkers, we're not speaking ill of the boss behind his back. When, When we have this kind of a work ethic, it demonstrates that we don't have any laziness in us. I think people look up to that. And I think that that creates an impression within the coworkers around you and those around your, in your sphere of influence that you then suddenly can speak a lot about the testimony that's in you before you even intentionally give that testimony by just how you've worked faithfully. You have labored for a good cause. And, and the boss whom you are employed by receives the benefit of, look how good it is to hire a Christian. Right. These are good, hardworking people because they know they work for the highest authority in the universe. Yeah. That's a good thing. It is. You know, it's interesting. Sometimes, so we, we uh, one of the things I was thinking about was menial labor. Well, how much less menial is menial labor? And no matter <laughs> what you're doing, it is, is for the glory of God. 
But also, as you were talking about that, I, you know, sometimes in the workplace, you'll experience when you are a hard worker, you'll actually suffer persecution from that. I mean, it sets you apart and you're noticed yeah. for that. But sometimes your coworkers don't always really appreciate that. Right. I mean, yeah. can you imagine what a difference we can make if we just went to work with a smile on our face right. and praise God that we had the ability to pay the bills yeah. and to work faithfully and to, and to show our coworkers what it means to have a joy that surpasses all understanding, a peace that surpasses understanding that comes from the Lord and He alone, and that you're able to navigate whatever difficulty you're going through with a calmness, a, a, a soothing relief to those around you where you walk with a lighter yoke. Because his, his yoke is, is light, yeah, and, is the, and light. the burden is not there like it should be for those who are in the world and thinking like the world. But when yeah. we walk in Christ and the truth and understanding he gives us, it sets us free. And, and therefore, we find that this act of service is all to him. It is. And work just becomes ministry. Right. It becomes an act of worship. Yeah. Divine appointments. Imagine yeah. what an attitude difference that would make if we thought of our workplace as an act of worship. Right. Yeah. Uh, to God be the glory. Right. You know, who says you're not, you know, very well be, and we would expect to be in sort of an Esther moment for such a time as this. We are put in these various work situations, in these places, with these people to bear witness of our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're just tuning in, we want to just encourage you, if you've missed anything so far, maybe you're just, you just turned the dial, you're driving down the road, and you're like, who are these two gentlemen talking right now? I want to hear the rest of the program I might have missed. This is Engage in Truth. It is a program of Calvary Fellowship, Fountain Valley Church. We're a Calvary Chapel plant on the south end of Colorado Springs, uh, going through the Bible verse by verse, and we'd love to hear from you. You can learn more at calvaryfountain.com, and we are talking about the 10 biblical warnings you need to stop ignoring. This is instruction to Christians how we are to behave and operate in this world as ambassadors for Christ, as faithful soldiers who are doing our duty until the Lord calls us home. So we're going through these top 10, and right now we've only made our way through one, which is never be lazy. Uh, Dr. Ford, you mentioned a great scripture verse before the program, John chapter 5, verse 17. My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. And we see the Lord giving this message to us to follow him. And the Apostle Paul did the same thing. Emulate me because I emulate Christ. And here's Christ showing us that we're to always be working, laboring while there's still day. Lives depend on it. Look, I, I don't think we'll have any regrets when we get to the kingdom, but I don't want to have that perception right now that I feel that I'm ashamed to stand before the Lord because I did not seize the moments he gave me where to be good stewards with every single minute of every day. Every hour is a gift. Every breath is a gift. And I can I can tell you, as you're listening to this program right now, as a pastor, I spend a lot of time with people who are about to experience their final breath in this vessel before they graduate. Sometimes there's a lot of regret. Yeah. I wish I would have uh, done something better with my spouse and tended to their needs and loved them more closely and intimately and and shared Jesus Christ more often with all of my children, not allowed that offense to to just create such a wedge that we never addressed it biblically, handled it rightly, to, to God be the glory, have no regrets. And, and we see that scripturally, that there should be no feeling of being ashamed that we have seized the day to his glory. It is a gift after all. 
and we will be held accountable for it. As the stewards, the servants of the master in his home, he had an expectation. And we see God giving that illustration like a vineyard. I have given you the vineyard. You're to tend to it and to deal with its affairs, make sure it's pruned and the harvest comes in and you're tending to it with great care and precision. That's labor. And that's what it is to follow Christ. We are to grab hold of this plowshare, work the fields, planting seeds. He brings the harvest to him be the glory. And and could you argue that in the sense of opportunity lost, if we choose not to engage with God, if we choose not to be obedient, that we will not thwart his ways. We will not thwart his purposes. He will raise somebody else up to do just exactly what we had the opportunity to do. That's right. Uh, you know, it would, uh, maybe even goes to the, you know, whoever's been, been given much, you know, and is a good steward without will be given more. And whoever's not a good steward, even, even uh, what he has will be taken from him. Yeah. So I think we need to be mindful of that. This is, and this is serious business. It is. And it's a wonderful privilege. We need to stop thinking of it as somehow that it's robbing us of our earthly joy to serve the Lord. That's the wrong paradigm. That's right. We we have to the closer we draw nearer to the Lord and love His ways, the more joy we will find in faithful service to Him. And I believe, like the early church, we find in Acts that we will start to see that really, what is clothing? What yeah. is shelter? These right. are all the things the Lord provides for a faithful servant. Yeah, not not to make it about the mission. We we often make our home the end goal, or our, our automobiles and our possessions. These are earthly treasures. These are the wood, hay, and stubble that are burned up. He, he wants us to to work because lives depend on it. Yeah, can this be part of what the Lord was speaking about when He said, "When the Son sets you free, He you are free indeed." He frees us from these the burdens of the of being overly concerned about the cares of this life. And when you're talking about taking on His yoke, you and I have talked about it before. Well, you don't see oxen walking around with three or four or five, six different yoke on them. You know, <laughs> right. so you know when we take on the Lord's yoke, that means that we have taken off every other yoke. Mm-hmm. Every other thing that that binds us and constrains us, and instead we have put on His yoke that is easy and His burden that is light, in the sense that He is there yoked with us. That's it's not right. that there aren't challenges or difficulties, but we are yoked to our Lord and Savior to accomplish these things by His power through His guidance and direction. Yeah, we have to put on the mind of Christ. I mean, Romans chapter 12 gives us that great image being washed by the the transformation, the renewing of your mind, the way you think and carry yourself in this world. Your paradigm has to be changed because you have a broken way of thinking. Sin creates this this idea of what is real, and it's a two-dimensional thinking that the Lord wants to break us out of because we think of self-preservation and and self-aggrandizement self-actualization. We hear that all through collegiate levels of academia, that it's all about your self-awareness and and your pleasures of the hedonistic perspective being fulfilled in you. And as you are fulfilled, others around you will be fulfilled. That couldn't be further from the truth. This is about the life of servitude that equals fulfillment. Christ demonstrated that over and over again to wash feet the least among you would be elevated, right? Those who are humble and contrite before the Lord will be raised up. This is a powerful imagery that is contrary to the way of the thinking of this world, and it requires a daily discipline in the prayer time especially. Now, I think of James, whose knees were calloused yeah. by how much time he spent in prayer, and I'm ashamed to say that I'm finally starting to get that. Mm-hmm. 
because I have been far too reliant on my own abilities to navigate precarious situations, going through a plan A, B, C, D methodology, and then praying that God would just bless one of those plans, as opposed to realizing he's the owner of a cattle on a thousand hills of Psalm chapter 50. He's the one who brings and protects. He's our refuge and our strength. He carries us through, as we read in Psalm 91, and how often we forget this, and if we've not learned to be totally dependent on him for the very next breath, and at least acknowledging him for such, no wonder we consistently give in to the struggles of this life because that's the way we're thinking with an earthly wisdom and wondering why we can't seem to get out of that constant ebb and flow yeah. of the peaks and valleys when we're not feeling very close to God. And I can assure you, Dr. Ford, and all of our listeners, it's not God who moved. It's us. That's right. Whenever we feel distance with God, it's because we have been unfaithful. Jacob was supposed to go back to Bethel. We read that in Genesis. And he was 20 miles away, and it took him 20 years to get back. <laughs> right. That's the stubbornness of, of all of us. Yeah. We know where we're supposed to be, and we refuse to do it, find ourselves in, in some sort of a apathetic state of just not doing anything, wanting to be on the fence, never fully committing to the narrow way, but wanting a little bit of the wide way because that's easy. Yeah. And, and then we just are content being Laodicea. And then we find ourselves very lazy with truth. Lazy is a faithful servant. When the canon calls faithful, we might be under reprimand, heavenly yeah. discipline. Yeah, like you said, and then at the end of our lives, filled with regret right. about opportunities lost. That's right. And then Dr. Ford, I loved when you pulled out Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 in this. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. It's a powerful text. I, I think that... You know, as we examine words like that, that can give us great consternation and probably rightfully so. We need a good conviction today because as we think about how lazy we've been with the truth, and maybe some folks have turned off this broadcast already because they just don't want to hear it. But I think that for you who have listened through, you've endured this message thus far, we all need a good wake-up call. The plumb line is before us in Amos. He tells us that the Lord has established his plumb line. He is the chief cornerstone. We keep what we have done when we lie against the truth, according to James chapter three, is that we know the plumb line he has established of his excellent, glorious way. And what we've done instead is we built the first wall and it was crooked. So rather than getting the wall right, we decided we were going to find a different ruler, a different measurement. And maybe we think, okay, it's supposed to be a foot, it's supposed to be 12 inches. Well, we just lopped off a couple off of that, made it 10 inches instead, and kept building on that broken paradigm until we had this discombobulated mess of a house that's not straight or level or any such thing, and then we blamed it on the ruler, as opposed to just saying, you know what, this whole thing needs to be torn down, built up rightly in the image of Christ, it starts today. It starts in our home. It starts with our allegiance to Jesus Christ. Did we take that lightly? We are the bride of Christ. It's time that we act like it. And so, Dr. Ford, we've just gotten through yeah. one of our 10. We thought we might get through five today <laughs> of these 10 biblical warnings that we need to stop ignoring. And so next week, we're going to kick off with number two. This is a big one. Avoiding sexual temptation. Avoiding sexual temptation. Now, that's not just physically. We're going to talk about, as the Lord instructed us at the Sermon on the Mount, of addressing this as a root problem in our hearts, the lust of the heart, the thoughts of men. 
uh, not just acting it out physically. This is, it goes all the way. This is going to cut right to the core. So that's number two. We've got to take that seriously. And how often we allow this this uh, this mildew, this mold, this festering stench in our homes by the entertainment we 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 allow to come right into our living rooms and wondering why these images are making such a difference in our minds, we have got to shut this down. We have got to live a pure and undefiled life before the Lord. To Him be the glory. It doesn't mean we're going to be sinless, but we have got to shut down the way the enemy is coming into our very living rooms. So we're going to talk a lot about that. So Dr. Ford, thank you for your comments and input. Always uh, wonderful for us to just ponder and and dwell on and apply throughout the week. We want to thank you for listening to Engage in Truth. We hope you've been encouraged by this broadcast to go back and listen to it, share it with your friends and family alike. You can find it at calvaryfountain.com. Again, this is a ministry of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church. We're celebrating our 20th year as a southern plant of Calvary chapels in Colorado Springs. We'd love to see you. Services are 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sundays. Thank you again for listening. God bless.